Welcome back to another episode of Tailgate Season, available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where it's always a bad day to be a beer. I'm Logan, sitting here with my co-host Jordan. Jordan, I don't think we should beat around the bush this week. I think we should jump right into it. It was upset week in week two. I mean, a lot of shit went down that I just did not expect. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of them wild, fun uh, weekends for a college football fan. I can promise you that. Anytime watching that, um, but you know, it just shows, you know, you can have all you want on paper, but you got to show up and play the game. Otherwise you're going to get beat. That's exactly what happened to several teams that we'll talk about later on. It basically comes down to the old adage, fuck around, found out, find out. (laughs) And, uh, Texas A&M and Notre Dame fucked around. They found out, out. which brings us into the first thing we're going to talk about here is the app state Mountaineers and the Marshall thundering herd. Let's start with the in-state school app state app state who came to national recognition back many moons ago at this point by knocking off, I think it was then number five or number seven, Michigan at the big house. Big deal back then. They were an FCS program. Um, like that was just unheard of. Block Phil Waldo to, you know, seal the game or win the game on the um, uh, return for the touchdown. But then we fast forward to now, right? Let's put it all in context. App State is a, has moved to the FBS. They're in the Sun Belt. Um, Sunbelt's a solid league. They have had quite the run of success, I guess you could say, in the FBS for the level that they're at. And they come into this game after coming off a heartbreaking 63-61 loss the week prior to your Tar Heels. Um, but nobody that knows anything about App State thinks that they're a pushover. Jimbo was saying that heading into the game and during the presser. Well, I was interested to watch the game, but I'm going to be honest with you, and I don't know what you thought, but I really did not give App State a real shot. I thought they'd have a game, and then they'd ultimately lose by about 10 to 14. Um, But what were your thoughts going in? Did you think they had a shot? I didn't think they would have a shot at winning this ball game. I thought they were – the spread was, you know, good, and that's what I based it off of. I thought they'd cover that. I thought it would be, you know, maybe maybe a 10-point game you know, something like that is what I honestly thought. Maybe two touchdowns, 14. But I didn't think it was like 19 and 20. I didn't think it was going to be a three-touchdown game. I, I just – they have too many fifth years, the COVID years, guys. They have too many of those. When you have a lot of those in the same program, you have the transfer portal. They had a great shot coming there and compete, I thought, anyway. I did not expect them to go into College Station and win. Um, but – I was very impressed with what I saw, and uh, I, you saw what they did to my boys, which I can't play any defense at all. But, um, you know, my, I think we talked about 2006 uh, at the big house. And so the first time – I didn't – I mean, that was kind of a shock to the world. The first time I ever really was like, damn, they might be a program on the rise. And this is when you're – when the state guy took over um, the Eli program. Drinkwitz, yeah. Yep. When he took over that and came into Carolina, and I think they won, correct? Didn't they? they did. Yeah, they went eleven and one that year and beat you guys in Chapel Hill, I believe. So when that happened, it's kind of like, okay, because you got a new coach, you got a guy from a Power Five conference, you took him away, and so you're like, okay, you might have something going on here. And that's when I first opened my eyes up to App State about being, you know, relevant. And damn, if they ain't showed it here lately. Yeah, I mean, and now after – so Eli Drinkowitz was there one year, uh, got a call from an SEC school, even though barely an SEC school being Missouri. But Missouri gave him 
right. relative to what App State could offer him a boatload of money. So right. naturally, he he, you know, packed his bags up, went to Missouri. Then they hired former player and alum Sean Clark, who, if you listen to this guy, give I, I he instantly earned my respect and uh, honestly my admiration after listening to the post game interview while he was down in College Station because if you listen to this guy talk about the F State program, it's obvious how much he loves F State, and I I really admire that, especially in today's time. Not that that this guy, if you know, big school came calling for seven mil a year, he wouldn't leave. Because I mean, to be honest, I would do. But at the same time, like he, this isn't like uh, him just there because, like he he actually loves the FSA program, has been in the culture, understands the culture, and is kind of, you know, he's what in his second, third year in, I believe, and now he is he really is got that football program still rolling, um, as especially as a Sun Belt team. And they go down to College Station. They win seventeen to fourteen. Um, like you said, they, the the COVID year really has helped a lot of teams. And the lower level schools that are not the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States of the world, it's benefited everybody in that regard. If you've been able to, uh, the old adage of get old and stay old, we've been able, a lot of us have been able to stay old for an extra year longer than we otherwise would have. Uh, and App State's benefited from that. I mean, they've got Clemson transfer by way of Duke in between Chase Bryce a quarterback who the last two years has been really good. But I think the thing that most impressed me about this win down in uh, uh, at Kyle Field is that they won 17-14. to 14. The previous week, the game was 63-61, and they lost. App State has, through, at least through two weeks, shown the ability to win in a shoot or to compete in a shootout against a Power 5 school and then win on the road in a difficult spot against an SEC school in a you know kind of grinded-out kind of game. Um, dude, I just found that impressive. Yeah, I'm uh, so I gotta like you saying the coach now. So after his after they won the interview, you could just you could just see the tight knit group, you know. And I mean, everybody has that, but it just felt I don't know, it just felt more personal to me that he felt like he really just enjoyed it for the kids and stuff like that, and that was great to see. Um, so the it is wild that you have a team that can win both ways like that because um, one week to another was just totally two different extremes. Uh, I feel like that um, was would college game day be there if it wasn't for that win? I don't know. I, I but, can answer that. No, <laughs> but I I I think it's awesome. I really do. I think uh, we we've seen some videos of Boone getting basically tore down you know you've seen it somewhere on twitter and stuff like that and that's great it's great to have teams that come in there i mean what they get paid 1.2 million 1.5 million to go down there and beat jimbo and the aggies <laughs> yeah to <laughs> in, whoop your ass so, station yeah come pay me for an ass whoop. yeah uh let me pay you for an ass whoop. That is, that's wild to ruin like it was wild to me um watching the end of that game how the commentators were like, well, we can try again next year for Texas a Because after a loss like that, if you're a top six team, you're done. You're out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're there's no recovering from that if you want the playoffs. Now you can do whatever you want to do other else, but you're not coming back in playoffs after something. But it'd be difficult. I mean, they're they're gonna have to really go on a uh they have to they, win out. They'd, they'd have to win out, but they'd also have to win out with some style points at this point. Yeah. Um now with App State. What's more impressive to you, the win at the big house or this one? 
I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one for me to see. I would say the big house because I think there was no shot there. There was absolutely no chance of hanging around at that point. Nobody knew who App State was at that point in time. I mean, App State had had a little bit more respect recently. Um, and so, like I said, I didn't expect it to be a blowout. And I don't think many people would have said it had been a massive blowout. Um, but this one shocked me, obviously. But I don't think it was anything like a block field goal to win the game in the big house. I'm with you on that. I think it's the big house, and honestly, it's by a mile. Just because they were FCS at the time. Um, if you didn't live in North Carolina, you didn't know who App State was at the time. And even if you lived in North Carolina, you probably still not everybody knew who App State was at the time. But that was just a game-changing, earth-shattering type win. This one didn't shock me, but it surprised me. Um, I didn't expect them to win down there. I don't know how much of that is... Is App State that good, or is Texas A&M that bad? I don't know. But at the end of the day, Texas A&M has recruited the way they've recruited over the last few years. They have no excuse of losing that game on paper. But nevertheless, it's very impressive what App State has been able to to accomplish over the last 10 years, 15 years, and especially a win like that on the road at Kyle Field in College Station against the A&M Aggies. But as an in-state guy, Gotta say, we have scheduled a home and home with App being we being NC State. You know, it's going to be a tough one. Again, it comes back to what we talked about last week. What's it even really worth to the Wolfpack to play them on the road? But the reality is, the better App State has gotten, the more their fans have become insufferable on social media. We'll have a little more on that later when we talk about the App State program as a whole. I have respect for the App State program and I pull for App State, but God knows they're getting to a point that might change in the near future, but we'll see. But let's shift to Texas A&M. Now they were sixth uh, in the country coming into this game, expected to win. Nobody expected it to be a big blowout, right? But the question now we have to answer is, is Texas A&M in trouble? And how long before Jimbo Fisher's seat gets hot? Uh, I think I think Texas A&M. I don't think they're in. You know, I don't think it's anywhere close to Jimbo Jimbo getting fired because of this loss. Um, I think he's pretty safe for a while. Um, from what I understand, they have some younger players. I mean, talent wise, it doesn't matter. They're SEC school. They're ranked number six. They have the talent there. Um, but as younger players going against a more experienced crowd with App State in the same program. Um, you know, these games can happen. And I'm not going to press the panic button on Texas a and yet. I think, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I think they'll be competitive. Um, but don't make Twitter videos about um, making fun of App State and then get your ass whooped by them and then – I mean, just make cult videos where you have to do this. I don't know. I don't know. It was a whole weird thing. And maybe we'll talk about this later. But that was let before I give my thoughts on Texas AM, let's address that. What the fuck was that about? Dude, that like, was is, nuts. is that something they do all the time? Like I if it my God, like I know a couple of people of whom I'm friendly with that went to Texas AM. And they're really cool people. But is that a normal thing week in and week out where they have that many people that it's like it's like a 
a, a cult meeting at Kyle Field, and then you have those dudes with uh, wearing overalls and things painted on it where they're just sitting there. And the guy was just saying, like, you know, you hope they, they don't have their last brain cells uh, beaten out by the, the lockdown defense the A&M has and saying that these hillbillies, you know, they have art. They can't read. So he knows they can't read a map to get down to um, college station. But the, my thing is he's talking about them being dumb hillbillies. And then if you look a little bit later, they're all square dancing together wearing overalls. Like, is it really that difference between them making fun of people for being mountaineers, being hillbillies, and then they're out there square dancing in Texas uh, like what the fuck was that about? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. And you know, so I get obviously, I'm guessing you have a pep rally of of Florida's game, but that was a that looked like a we're getting ready to play a a Florida or a we're getting ready to play a Bama, you know, some type of other pep rally. But you're playing App State. Why is it that so many people there? Is that like like you said? Is that this an every week thing? Is this what they do all the time? And then you got, uh, I mean, there was just some weird stuff going on. I, I, I don't know. It was exposed. And, you know, some people said it needed to be taken down. I don't know how much accuracy that is. But ah, fuck it. I went ahead and I retweeted it. I've tried to send that everywhere. <laughs> I want everybody to know about that. Yeah, um, it's weird. It's weird. And, like, speaking of weird things, we're not going to go into detail or even talk about this. But if you want to know for yourself, Google's a thing. I mean, they also talked about old school traditions that they used to do before the Texas game long time ago. Something between the cadets and the cheerleaders and making a tower to make fun of the UT tower. Not going to get into it on this show. It's a family show, as Dave Portnoy would say. Um, but, it, you know, Google's Google's your friend. You can find that out for yourself. Damn, um, I might have to Google that. I missed that. I I'll send it to you that. after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you're right. Like, it's App State. Like, no disrespect to our friends out in Boone, but why are you having that many people for a pep rally the night before the game over App State coming to Texas? Because it's there's no in-state rivalry. There's, I mean, it, the, probably the most these folks in College Station knew about App State was the, the game in 06 against Michigan. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, if you're going to have a pep rally, that was just weird. It was weird. I, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know how to talk about that. Be yeah. honest. maybe a lot of things don't make me uncomfortable, and I because you know honestly, yeah, me I, could, I could give a shit about anything I've heard at all. Doesn't matter. But <laughs> when when that started happening, I was like, damn, is this some type of weird? Are you guys the old hillbilly type thing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Right. I mean, right there with you. But uh, speaking of Texas A and M, before we move on, I I I think that Texas A and M for this season is in a little bit of trouble. Um, I think they're staring seven and five right in the face. And, you know, that it's tough being in, I think that what they're in the SEC West, tough division to be in. But you're paying Jimbo a shit ton plus his left arm or their left arm to be able to be the head coach. You know, he hasn't really been better than eight and four, except for in the 2020 season where they went nine and one in a shortened season. Is the money really worth it? Guess that's a conversation for another time. I don't think Jimbo's seat's going to be hot anytime soon because of how much they have to pay him and how long his contract is. But I just, the offense isn't there for them. Uh, Haynes King, they, he's not reliable quarterback. I just think that he he's not the answer there. 
the and then you know I, I'm kind of sympathetic and I'm coming around on the argument that people are making of his offense is kind of outdated. It may have worked ten years ago, eight nine years ago when you had famous Jameis uh, <laughs> as your QB down in Tallahassee. Football's a little different than it was then. I I don't know if I think that Texas A&M is a competitor this year, but to your point, Jordan. I believe they had the number one recruiting class in the country last season. Give that a couple years. They're going to be just fine. Um, maybe that'll be the saving grace for Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies. All right, so the second upset of the week. This is another big one. Um, another uh, group of five school that is well known for other reasons, though. Um, the alma mater of one Randy Moss, the Marshall Thundering Herd. I mean, obviously, everybody at this point has seen the Matthew McConaughey movie, We Are Marshall. Fantastic movie based on the true story. Um, Marshall went into Notre Dame and won 26-21. So, how big of a win is this for the Thundering Herd program? Massive. I mean, this for the program, massive. I mean, this is, this is up there. It's got to be one of their top wins. Um, I mean, because, like I said, I know that we we don't really I mean, we talk about the gambling stuff, but my mind just thinks that way anyway. So let me tell you what they, they were minus like two thousand to them. Like it was nuts. So if you it if you would have put just a little bit on there to the money line, I mean, like, this is how much they didn't even give them a chance. And it looked to me like they like I said, I was watching other games, Carolina game, certain other stuff, but um, when I caught the tail end of it, it just looked like Marshall was just wearing them out from a from a coaching you know standpoint. I don't know what was going on there, and I feel like that something like this really exposed Notre Dame. Um, I think it. I don't know if it was as much coaching. Aren't they without their starting quarterback? Isn't that correct? I believe so. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I know that's a factor. I get that. But you don't lose to a Marshall team. That's not very good. I mean, you were good for that day. I mean, uh, Are they, though? They came in at 26 in the country in the AP this week. I mean, not not that that means shit, but I'm just Marshall? saying. Marshall? Like, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, then I'm They're 2-0, and they are the first team uh, in the others getting votes this week. Okay, well, then I'm just completely outmatched here. I'm sorry. You, you got that then. But – um, I just you can't lose at home. Yeah. So I didn't realize this. Um, so they lost the bowl game, correct? The guy came in, the coach yeah. came in the bowl game, coached that because Brian Kelly left. Um, and then you also have they lost week one, which I get that. That's fine. Ohio State, uh, you know, I get that's it. fine. Yeah. But then you lose so now he's 0 3. Yep. That does not sit well in Notre Dame country, I promise you. Well, he's 0-2 for the year, but 0-3 is pretty. That 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 just is not going to sit very well. And they, I don't know if they dropped out. I haven't looked at the polls. Um, but th- they pretty much are out of the playoff things. Would you, I mean. I mean, they're I mean, 0-2. They're 100% out. It's a 14 yeah. playoff. There's no chance in hell that an independent, there's no chance in hell that anybody not named Alabama gets in with right. uh, two losses. My, I, Ohio State might sneak in there. Don't worry. They always get in there somehow. Nope. It seems like not with two losses. Just don't believe it'll happen. Well, so I mean, I can e- you can even stomach Notre Dame getting in there with one loss to the Ohio State. 
You yeah. could maybe make that argument that that's fine. Yeah, Notre Dame dropped significantly because they only got 23 uh, others receiving votes. Oh, wow. Yeah, they dropped significantly. Uh, it's it's wild to me. I enjoyed it. I mean, I love a good upset when it stopped my team. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was a very impressive win for Marshall. I didn't realize they were that high, so I take back that. That's a terrible loss. Um, oh, no, but, no, they're they're that high after the win. They weren't that. Oh, high okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, okay. Just to be clear. But I just you you can't lose after coming off a loss to Ohio State, which was if you have to have a good loss, I guess that would classify as one. But you can't lose at home to a Marshall team and expect not everybody to freak out because that was just not good at all. No, I agree. I mean, look, a huge win for Marshall. A lot of respect for that program. Uh, you know, their Doc Holliday, their old coach, had them uh, having a, a a pretty good run there for a while. He's retired now. Charlie Huff is now the head coach. Um, Marshall was a respectable to some years, pretty to some years, really good group of five school. Um, we actually had our uh, NC State had their series with Cincinnati canceled due to them moving to the Big Twelve and the increased conference schedule for next year. So we filled that with Marshall. So not only do we play App State in two years, we play Marshall next year. So the big upsets kind of tie into the Wolfpack. And as an ACC slash NC State guy, naturally going to throw that in there for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but reality is big win for Marshall. Um, this is a school that, you know, was in what is now cons- considered the FBS um, a long time ago. Then they dropped down to the FCS for a while. And then around to 99 to 01, somewhere in that ballpark, they moved back up to FBS. And now this is their first year as the Sunbelt team. They left Conference USA last year, first year in the Sunbelt, another Sunbelt team that just had a big upset. Um, can't understate enough. The, going, anytime you go into Notre Dame, even when they're not that great, it's just a, such a big football name, big fo- football brand. You win in South Bend, it's a big deal. Uh, so hats off to the Thundering Herd. Now, switching to the Fighting Irish. You alluded to it earlier. Marcus Freeman, young, I believe, 36-year-old head coach for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. He is 0-3 as head coach at Notre Dame, and he is the first Notre Dame head coach in history to lose his first three games. How do you think the Notre Dame Fighting Irish upper brass and fans are feeling about the Marcus Freeman hire right now? Panicking. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. They're probably panicking. Um, I would be. Um, I mean, you take, like I said, you can handle the the loss in the bowl game. You can handle the Ohio State game, but um, I thoroughly predict that they end up coming back and whooping Carolina's ass. Unfortunately, um, in two weeks, but just because they're angry, <laughs> but um. I don't know. There's a lot of room for panic from Notre Dame fans. I, I mean, I get that. I would be panicking if I'm a Notre Dame fan just because, you, you, I mean, you got left. Um, but it's just from Brian Kelly. Um, and you make this hire. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get. from. Uh, is this this is his first head coaching job, correct? Yeah, promote from within. I believe he was defensive coordinator last year for under Brian Kelly. Right. So, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get with that. But um, you also probably have a short leash, you would think, with this program. 
just for being a general. Um, I don't know. I think it's time to panic. I think without uh, Notre Dame coming in and doing their usual stuff, you you at, you at some point got to start exploring other options. And I don't. I, I think that seat's real hot. I mean, real hot. Um, if they somehow lose to Carolina and he starts out 0-4, I think he's done the next week. Ooh, that's a that's a take. We'll have to remember that one to see yep. if it happens. Yep. Uh, Carolina's kind of had a horseshoe up their ass, so it might happen. <laughs> we don't know. But, I mean, look, I think that – I think it's time to be concerned, but not time to worry yet. I wouldn't press the panic button yet for Notre Dame just because context is key. I believe that. And – he got thrown into a weird position last year. Brian Kelly, Mr. Authentic, also all-time winning as coach in Notre Dame history, leaves for Baton Rouge. He leaves before the bowl game. Marcus Freeman takes over. They played a, played a good game, lost that game. Then they opened the season against Ohio State, who was ranked third in the country, played, uh, winning at halftime, then ended up losing 21-10. to 10. You know, as good as a loss can be, that's respectable. Marshall... No excuse. I think it might have been a case of letting Ohio State beat you twice. Because if Ohio State had come in there and beat the living dog shit out of them, might have been a different story against Marshall the next week. But, you know, they were in that game for at least half of it, maybe three quarters of it. And reality is, maybe this is a situation where Ohio State beats them um, twice. Carolina game is going to be really the indicator of what's the deal with this Notre Dame team. Because Carolina is a team, as we've discussed on this and we've discussed privately, really good offense could be historically bad defense. Um, if Notre Dame can't put some points up against Carolina, then they're Iowa bad on offense. So <laughs> reality is I'm not ready to press the panic button on Notre Dame, but uh, there is room for concern for the Fighting Irish. Um, they're obviously not what they've been the last 10 years. They're not a contender. I think eight and four would be a a success for them this year uh, with the way they've looked through two weeks. I mean, it's just reality of that. But all right, so moving right along to we have a uh, situation here with the Sun Belt. So we've talked about App State beating Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Talked about Marshall beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame, both Sun Belt teams. Georgia Southern also pulled off the upset last week. Um, that's another Sun Belt team. The question I have for you is: the Sun Belt now the best Group of Five conference in football? Because I've held for the belief for years, the last like at least four years, that the American is starting to question that now. What do you think? Is Sun Belt the best G Five league? I think. Oh, we're solely going on just this year's logic. That yeah, this year. Not not past year history, just for the 2022 season. Um, They're up there, but I'm with you. I still think it's American. Um, I think just overall, top to bottom. Um, but <laughs> it's hard to argue what you're seeing from them. It's really hard to argue. Is it Georgia State to Sunbelt? Yes. That's another one. I'm telling you, they took my boys to the limits. Um, they they played fired up football. Um, I know because I watched that for four quarters, so I, I know that one pretty well. Um, but yes, I I would say that they are one A and one B 
with the American. I'll I'll go with that. I'm not going to say the Americans that much below them or below them at all, but I'm going to say they're about same level them because honestly, right now, right this second, who has the American beat rank wise that the Sun Belt have? I mean, you know, so like who is the American beat rank? Nobody, right? Ah. Uh... Houston, Cincinnati. Houston did not beat uh, Texas Tech, but Texas right. Tech wasn't ranked, so Houston's right. out of their rankings. Cincinnati's still ranked. UCF lost to Louisville. Yep. Cincinnati's about all they're they're hanging on to right now in terms right. of your ranking. Right this second and this right year. this second this right. week in week three of the 2022 season. Right. Well, you have Marshall winning. You Marshall, have yeah, and they're the highest ranked but still unranked uh, team at 26. Right. And then, you know, App State, obviously one-on-one, uh, mm-hmm. but big win at Texas A&M. And then, and then you got Georgia Southern had a big win. Georgia State played Carolina close, you know. Should have won that ball game. I mean, realistically, they, they had a shot at it. And then I'm curious to see how good Louisiana is going to be without Billy Napier. Yeah. He's in Gainesville now. Yeah. Um, but I'm – I tend to – lean to what you said being one a one b but for the sake of it being week two that we just watched and you know week two hyperbole it's the fun belt baby the fun belt it's the fun belt i mean i that's one of the the random g5 conferences that i'm willing to watch on tv i mean you talk about coastal carolina app state now you throw in Marshall from Conference USA. You, I mean, Georgia State's been good. Um, Troy's had their moments in the last few years. You see them on game day. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, based off of week two results, if that's how we're doing it, I don't know. We don't have parameters on this. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Fun Belt 1A, American 1B. Um, hmm. Top to bottom, the American's probably a little deeper. But yeah, the Sun Belt's up there these days. Yeah, and who knows? We might change our whole thing by the last week of the season. We don't know. Oh, I mean, we but right will. this right this season, right this second, right now, yes, I, I can I can get behind. They're they're both equal. They're um shape it whatever way you want. Yeah. All right, before we get to last week's game of the week, essentially, uh let's talk about this for a minute for the in state people here in North Carolina. So I saw on Twitter recently that uh, App State, their fans are starting to get a little bit big for their britches. I understand. You've been winning a lot for a long time. They're now claiming they're the best program in the state. And Joe Ovis, a guy on local sports talk radio, ESPN 99.9, the fan, kind of summed it up on what my thoughts are. I'm going to paraphrase what he said, being App State, relative to their resources and their competition level is probably the best overall program in the state of North Carolina. But you put them in the situation of what North Carolina or North Carolina state are in, and they probably year in and year out would have a difficult time making the claim to be the best team in that season. I think that's fair because app state has obviously a a better winning culture uh, than UNC or NC State. But at the same time, look at the level of competition they played in. But you have to respect the winning culture. This is not me dogging on the Mountaineers for any Mountaineers listener out there. 
mean, it's just I, I respect the hell out of what's happened in the football program in Boone, North Carolina. It's just if we're talking about the fun belt, as much as I love it, it's not power five football. I have this argument with my group of five friends all the time. The, the mediocre teams in the power five are still have more talent week in and week out than you do in the group of five. So what do you think on that statement that App State is the best program in North Carolina? I think that um, I would I would I would just flat out say no, um, and it's I mean it's no disrespect, just for the simple fact, like you said, they don't play in the same uh, conference that our teams play in, and um, the fact that the competition is different, the recruiting is different. The I mean, there's a lot of other things that come with that, not just winning. There's a uh, Let's let's see. I mean, the schedules are a lot tougher. Just just I mean, there's overall points to make for that. Now, do I think that they could be better? They they might be better than you know some of the lower halves of some of the power five. I think. Yeah, uh, I I can agree with that. I I think they do. I think they could be you know maybe one day in a power five. Sure. Um, if they keep this up, sure. Um, but are they the best program in North Carolina? No, I wouldn't say that. Um, I think you got to show me a little bit more than what you have. It's great. It's respectable. They're better than some teams. Um, maybe the lower half, the bottom dwellers, if you will, of the power five teams. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they are, I mean, yeah. um, you put them head to head and app state's going to win. Um, but they're not the best football program in North Carolina. I, I just, I can't get behind that at all. I'm inclined to agree with the way you phrased it there. I, I will say, I, I kind of agree with what Ovis was saying that relative to their resources and relative to their success level, you can make an argument that they have the best program, but even when they're having their best years, that doesn't necessarily make them the best team in the state of North Carolina. They can have the best overall program and still not be as good of a team as lesser programs, quote unquote, uh, in Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and Winston-Salem. I mean, I think both those things can exist at the same time. Um, there's a reason that even in years when Carolina was bad, it was still a game against a 10-win, 11-win App State team. Right. I mean, it's just different level of competition. That's just reality of college football. I mean, in UNC and NC State are a different level than Alabama and Georgia. I mean, it's right. just it, it's a tiered system, for better or for worse, <laughs> richer or poorer, and, you know, we're, I mean, we're poorer than it. them. They're poorer than us. So uh, think about it. I mean, I'm not going to go face even on down year in Auburn. Do I want to go play Auburn? No, absolutely. As a Carolina fan, absolutely not. I I don't want to go face them at all. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, I agree. So uh ask you this real quick before we move to the Alabama Texas game. We have Texas Tech versus North Carolina State this weekend in Raleigh at seven o'clock. Um, don't give your prediction. We got that coming up on the next episode right. when our pickums. But they're playing without their short and quarterback. All right. But they had a big win over number twenty, then the ranked number twenty-five Houston last week. What do you expect out of Texas Tech after an emotional overtime win over Houston coming into Raleigh? And I think the spread currently, as we speak on Tuesday night of Week Three, is nine and a half states way. Well, you got to bring the spread in. It's almost like you just like, you know, I'm going to fiend in for the spread. It's like <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a spread, like, addict. 
Uh, um, I mean, look, look, you're a uh, sports sports book guy, so. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's going to be a great ball game. Um, I wish I could go. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I got to work, or probably I would just go check it out. I do hate Cora Finley. The damn <laughs> that damn wolf gets me a headache. Um, but I I think it's going to be a hell of a ball game. I think the fact that um, it's that even though they've lost their starting quarterback, I think it'll still be a pretty competitive ball game either way. Um, I think you'll learn a lot. You know, me and you talked about how, um, you know, it was kind of the ECU game where we talked at the game privately about how it was kind of, it's what you needed. It showed you the holes. It was a good game. You won, but it exposed some things that you didn't work out. Well, I think this game will expose if you fix those or not. Um, I think uh, this will show what how many improvements you've made since the ECU game, and we'll just have to see what happens from there on out. But I think it'll be a good ball game, a good test for everybody, um, and I hope you see a great game on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think that you know the ECU game was a rough one to start with on the road against an in-state rival. It exposed some weaknesses in the team. But better to do that in a win in week one than week four in a loss, you know? So, and then week two, State had a get-right game against a vastly overmatched team where you basically can work on things you need to work on with the offense against a team that is in a glorified scrimmage that doesn't know what you're running. It's one thing running against a scout team or the playbook. It's another thing to run against a team who you're better than, but they don't know what you're going to do. You play to play. Um, we'll see Texas Tech will show a lot as to what's how good state's offense actually is this week. And um, was it just a week one rust in state rivalry, a lot of other factors, or is the offense really as bad as we thought it was in week one? We'll find out this Saturday. All right, moving into the final topic today, the week two game of the week. And I think it's not even really close at this point. The number one at the time, Crimson Tide going down to Austin, Texas take on the Texas Longhorns. We always hear year in and year out that Texas is back. Texas is back. I mean, I'm a horns down guy. I, I mean, I sell a t-shirt on coldcansnetwork.com slash shop. This says horns down with the horns pointing down. So if you want one of those, check it out there. But reality is play the hell of a game. I think they looked like the better team on that day. Uh, it was a 20 to 19 final Alabama won on the last, uh, second field goal. Um, I want to know two things from you, three things from you, Jordan. First, um, Texas played one. They played with their backup quarterback, right? So we have to majority of the game. We have to throw that out there, but did they get screwed on that safety play? Two. What does it say about the Texas team for this year? Just for this season. And three, is Texas back? Hmm. Start with the safety play. All right. So I think, I think, yes, that was a safety play. I think it was safety. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any way you can look at the replay unless you're an Alabama fan and say it was not a safety. Um, Because he was down, all this stuff. Even if he wasn't down, you called, they called a late hit, correct? It doesn't matter, right? So they gave him 15 yards after that anyway? Uh, so, I can't remember what the, the overturn was because it 
it doesn't matter at this point, but reality was, wasn't a safety ended up not uh, getting the two points in the ball back. So it's, so that completely screws you on that anyway, but you got to give the Texas defense credit. Um, I think they played a hell of a ball game. Um, and I think that's what saved them. I know you, you know, you lost your quarterback. Um, and the backup wasn't bad. He did not play bad at all. I mean, he played a hell of a ball game. Uh, do you have your, if you have your first string in there, maybe it makes a difference with that, but I got to give my tip of the hat to the Texas feet because I think that's what showed up and kept them in that ball game. It was wild. It was wild to me to see, like I'm watching on my phone and you know, you, you see Bama just kind of score at will or move the ball in chunks. No, that didn't happen. And if that game, the last play of the game on that corner blitz that came in, God, if that guy just makes the tackle, and he's, but you know you're going against the Heisman uh, uh, quarterback, uh, yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah, you're going against Bryce Young and sitting there doing that. It's just, it's tough. That's why he's he's so good. He made a play, and ultimately Bama won because of it. I mean, you got to tip your hat to Bryce Young on that. But it's, I think that. Um, that ball game was going to be probably one of the best ones that we'd see so far. Um, I think it was wild. I think Austin was rocking, and I would have loved to have been there because I think that would have been a cool atmosphere. Um, and you know, I, I like Texas. I don't agree with the horns down thing, um, but <laughs> I, I I think that. What was your second question? I'm sorry. Second question was, what do you expect out of Texas this year? Do they run the Big 12? Do they make a New Year's Six Bowl? After seeing last week's performance, what's your uh, week two evaluation for the season for the Longhorns? Depends on how long the Ewers guys out. If he, yeah. if he's, you know, three to four weeks, I think they can hang on. I think they'll be fine. But if it's significant, then it could be a problem. But I think I think they make some noise in the Big Twelve, and I think they have a shot to win the Big Twelve. Um, uh, I think that they could. I think they end up playing for the Big Twelve title. It's my prediction. Uh, maybe we have a uh, Red River uh, shootout there. Maybe we have some Oklahoma going against us, but. Uh, I don't know. I think that they can make a New Year's Six Bowl, and I think they can do it if he comes back in time. If he stays out gone, no, I do not think that they do that. Um, I do. And your third question, I will answer, yes, Texas is back, and I'm giving the horns up. We're going to give it up here. Um, <laughs> I think they are. I, he's a freshman. So even if he's out for, you know, a while, you got two more years of it. And um, if they can make some noise, you got recruits, you got this and that. And I think the the running back, the Bajoran Walker guy. Yeah, Dijon Robinson. Dijon Robinson. Wow, I'm way off. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, But, no, that guy, that guy is a stud. That guy is a guy to take down. And he made some noise on the Alabama defense that you wouldn't, you know, yeah. expect that to happen to. So, yes, I think Texas is back is my final answer to that third one. 
All right, so I'll I'll keep mine brief here because I have my thoughts on the Texas program. I, but I will start with I have I actually have a Texas Longhorns T-shirt. I really do um, because I I went to Austin, Texas. I was there. Um, allegedly, people claim we tried to break into the stadium. I can't confirm or deny if that happened. It was in the off season. But I bought a T-shirt while I was there. So, I mean, I was just like, you know, if I go to a college football stadium that's not UNC, I'll buy a T-shirt, you know, as just a memento of being there. So I have a Texas Longhorn T-shirt. If they had won, making the rounds on the Cold Cans Network podcast this week, I was going to wear the Texas Longhorn T-shirt just because, like, you know, I talk so much trash about them. I'm a horns down guy always. I always say that. But if they won that game, I was going to have to eat some crow and I was going to – I, nobody was going to make me do it, but I was I was going to wear my Texas Longhorns T-shirt just out of respect for what they accomplished. They didn't win, so that bitch stays in the closet. <laughs> but one, yes, they got screwed by the refs on that play of on the safety. It's not yeah. even a question to me. I remember seeing it on the uh, – a buddy of mine had it on his phone at Carter Finley when we were watching the game, and we were up by like 45 50 points at this point so we were more people in the stadium were watching the alabama texas game on their phone than they were the beatdown that was happening at carter family so uh, his forearm hit the ground before he released the ball screwed on that hey texas welcome to the sec that's what you got to expect now that you've joined that league when you play alabama uh two if fully healthy i think texas has a very good shot if not the outright favorite to win the big 12 i'm with you on that um just based on week two First couple weeks of the season, Al, uh, Texas looked pretty good. I, I can't take away from what they did. Now, for the third question, is Texas back as a program? Believe it when I see it, because I, I'm old enough to remember when Sam Ellinger was there and they won the Sugar Bowl and he We're announced that. <laughs> and the narrator goes, in fact, they were not back. So one season doesn't mean they're back for me. Um, so that, that's just my take and I'll end every Texas rant with horns down always. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's our college football reaction a week too. I mean, we've had a, it was upset upsets galore. No doubt about that. Yeah, it was a hell of a week. And, you know, as a college football fan, that's what you live for is what we had in that week. It was great. Exactly. So, yeah, make sure to give us five stars and a great review um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. really does help us out in the algorithm. Uh, share it with your friends and check out the website, coldcansnetwork.com for the blog content, coldcansnetwork.com for the shop. We have shirts like the Horns Down shirt. For those of you Texas haters out there with me, we also have other T-shirts, hats, koozies, what have you. Check that out. And uh, in the Spotify link for the Tailgate Season, Tailgate SZN podcast, we have a link to be able to give us a up to one minute voicemail. We'd love to hear what you think, excuse me, uh, on our analysis, what we got right, what we got wrong or whatever. So give us a voicemail there. Uh, we'd love to respond to some, some fan fan voicemails on that. Uh, but for this episode of tailgate season, I'm Logan sitting here with my co-host Jordan. We'll see you next time.